0: Coming up on today's episode, it's a Miami Heat game day, baby. Game five of the Eastern Conference Finals is set tonight in the Heat's house. Series tied at two games apiece, but man, what a stressful series it has been. Up and down, up and down. Miami wins one, Boston wins one, Miami wins one, Boston kills Miami. It's been a roller coaster ride throughout not only this entire season, but this damn playoff round. This Eastern Conference Finals has been stressful for me to watch, and I have a lot to say. So I break down the Game for and all of the games in this series, give you guys my thoughts and analysis on each game, how I feel, how my confidence level shifted from one game to another, because I'm sure as hell I'm not the only one in Heat Nation that you, you, know, you get so cocky and you believe after a win. And then after the loss, you just think all hell is going to break loose and we're going to lose the damn series. But I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a taste of that, let you guys know how I felt after every game, and then I preview the game tonight. Big game five tonight. Who's the key? Who's the X factor? What needs to happen? What do I think happened? And have I changed my pick? Do I still think the Heat can win? Or am I leaning towards the side that all of the media is leaning on and... That's picking Boston. What do you guys think? Make sure you tune in to find out. So we'll be talking about that. I touch on a little bit about the Western Conference Finals. Touch on Golden State. Got to give them their flowers. So I do talk about them. So NBA podcast, full NBA podcast, playoff talk, all here coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast, this Wednesday edition, game day edition. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Miami Heat game day. Game five of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight. Yours truly, the Miami Heat are at home taking on the Boston Celtics with the series currently tied at two games apiece. Now, listen, last time I spoke to you guys, it was right In the beginning of the series, I gave you guys my preview, gave you guys my prediction, and a whole lot has happened since then, okay? Obviously, us having the first two games at home, going to Boston for the next two games, and that sets us up now for Game 5 with the 2-2 series. And honestly, I have a lot, a lot to say. So before we jump into tonight's game and previewing tonight's game, Given a little prediction, let's just talk about how we exactly got here in the first place. So game one, ladies and gentlemen, my thoughts on game one, Miami Heat took care of business, okay? They did what they had to do. Boston was coming off the game seven in Milwaukee. Well, at Boston against Milwaukee, the Heat had to win that game, okay? Boston had one game in between. They were the more tired team, obviously playing a tough, tough game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Heat had to do what they had to do, and credit to them, they did so. Now, don't get me wrong, Celtics came out on fire. I mean, they were hot, they were taking the lead, but then ultimately, the Heat got that run they needed in the third quarter. Jimmy Butler was big time in that third quarter, especially, and the Heat took care of business, taking a 1-0 series lead behind Jimmy Butler's 41-point performance, Jimmy Bucket's. Picking up right where he left off against Philadelphia. Now, Game 2. We knew the Celtics were going to come back hungry. We were expecting a punch in the mouth. And boy, they did so and more. Now, the Celtics messed us up. Winning 127-102, tying the series up at one apiece. Quite frankly, I was expecting a loss in Game 2. I was expecting Boston to come back and, you know, punch us in the mouth pretty much, like I said. But to get blown out at home... I'm sorry. Like, I didn't like that whatsoever. I didn't want to overreact, though. I said, you know what? It's one game. They did beat us up and beat us up bad. But let me, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a long series. Like, let me chill out. Let me see how they do in Boston. One thing I definitely didn't like and a whole bunch of the world didn't like was Bam Adebayo having, being three for six that night. Six points. Unbelievable. Like, you, don't, you can't be that. You can't be the guy who was the second best player of the team, come out there shooting six shots and only six points. Like, that's up absolutely unacceptable. So, the whole story came out was Bam had to be more aggressive. Bam cannot take only six shots a game. He has to be more aggressive. Game three, first game in Boston, series tied at one. The message was plain and simple. Bam out of bio, take over the fucking game. This game was on you. You had to be aggressive. The spotlight is on you. The media knows. Everybody's on your ass. Go have those type of BAM games that we know you can have. The games that you've had against Boston even before. So right then and there, I knew. I had a good feeling. I was like, man, I don't know. I feel like BAM is going to go off today, and we're going to fucking beat the Celtics. Game three, take a 2-1 series lead. And that was exactly what happened. BAM out of bio from the start. It just looked like it was a point of emphasis get him the ball, let him create, let him do what he has to do. He was posting up, hitting mid-range shots. He was playmaking as well. He ended up with 31 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, while shooting 15 of 22 from the field. Like, that's the type of game that we want to see from Bam out of bio because he has it in him. It's just about doing it. You know, it's, or it's not even like Bam. You can't. It, it's not about being comfortable doing it. Like, you got it in you. We need it from you. And we desperately did. So Bam Adebayo was big time. We got the first win in Boston, game three, taking a 2-1 series lead. Bam Adebayo was big time. Jimmy Butler did leave the game at halftime, did not return with knee inflammation. Victor Oladipo stepped in. And man, when I tell you, Victor Oladipo looked great out there in that game three. He played 20 minutes. He was only one of four from the field. But I'm not talking about the offense. I'm talking about the defense, especially late in the game against Jalen Brown. I believe he stripped him about four times, got four steals on Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown had 40 points. But, man, Victor Oladipo made him tough, tough down the stretch. Like, he was constantly asking for a switch, constantly saying, hey, whoever Max Struess is on, come give me a screen. I want a switch. I want, I want Max Struess on me. Get Oladipo off me. That type of stuff right there. That's big time. And you're talking about a Victor Oladipo who's had a stressful time trying to get back on the court, trying to stay healthy. Now he's got people asking for a switch. I'm telling you, the lateral quickness in all of those defensive plays from Oladipo in that second half was big time. I don't think we don't, I don't think win that game without Victor Oladipo's defense. I mean, he looked amazing out there. And P.J. freaking Tucker. How about him? 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 17 points seven rebounds hustle 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 great defense great hustle plays taking charges pj tucker doing what pj tucker does he was also big time reason why we won that game three and let's not leave out max strews who was six of twelve from the field four for seven from three hitting big three after big three especially when it mattered late down the stretch I was so freaking excited, so freaking happy with just the ability of how the Heat played in that game three. Pressure was on, series was tied, first game at home. We knew they were going to be hungry. Jimmy Butler goes down with an injury. Boston comes back, makes a hell of a run. You hold Jason Tatum to only 10 points behind P.J. Tucker's magnificent defense. Bam Adebayo takes a step up. Finishes with 31, 10, and 6. That's big time. <laughs> like, it was one of those perfect, like, heat culture type of wins. And, man, listen, nobody could tell me shit after that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Me, alongside with most of, you know, Heat Nation, was as confident as ever. 2-1 series lead. You know, we could, You know, we're going to win this shit. No doubt about it. Like, no one's fucking with us. Like, we all thought that, you know, Boston was going to come out, probably win game four, but we still had the ultimate confidence. Like, yo, we got these guys. Like, we're better than these guys. But boy, when I tell you that game four had me <laughs> stressed the fuck out, it had me stressed the hell out. It had me thinking all kinds of things. I mean, man, was that a rough watch on Monday night? Game was over from the jump. I mean, the start of the game, we were down 18-1. to 18-1. to I mean, I don't think we got our first field goal until probably three minutes left in the first quarter. Now, that's just freaking embarrassing. Okay, we talk about game two being embarrassed on your home court, getting smacked, but then you're, you're going to double up and then get smacked in a game four after taking a 2-1 series lead? Now, Jimmy Butler came back. Jimmy Butler's playing this game. Okay, so Jimmy Butler's there, Tyler Hero's out, but you know what, Marcus Smart was out for the Boston Celtics as well, and you can argue that Marcus Smart might be more of a difference maker, you know, than Tyler Hero from, you know... Not to say—I don't think Marcus Smart's a better player than Tyler Hero, but kind of like what I'm saying is, like, Marcus Smart's importance to the Celtics, I think it's more important than Tyler Hero's importance to the Heat because I think the Heat have more depth. Like, the Heat have guys that can step up, you know, like a Astruz, Oladipo off the bench, you know, Jimmy Butler. Like, they all can give you kind of what Hero does. Where Marcus Smart, you're taking Marcus Smart out of the Celtics, who has that dog mentality? Who's really the point guard there? You know what I'm trying to say here? So, when Marcus Smart was out of the game, I'm thinking, you know, the whole time, first of all, I'm thinking Boston is going to win. The whole time, up into the game. But when I heard that Marcus Smart was out, I said, that switched. That made me believe, hey, the Heat should win this game. I think the Heat will win this game. They have to take advantage of Marcus Smart being out because of what they lose from what I just mentioned. But, damn. I mean, a couple minutes in the game, you're down 18-1. to Like, what the hell is that about? Like, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That honestly is ridiculous, and it pisses me the hell off that you, you get smacked at Game 2 at home, and then you're, you're down 18-1 in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals on the road. Like, there's no excuse for that. Like, that's ridiculous. And Bam Adebayo went back to the same way he was before. He only finished three or five from the field. The, the lack of him getting the ball was he went back to the old bam. Like that game three bam was not the bam we saw in game four. He was not being aggressive to post up. He was getting the ball in the post and thinking pass right away, rolling to the rim, getting B on rebounds, just, you know, giving great defense. But it's just like, man, that aggressive bam, like why did we go away from that? Why wasn't the same mindset that it was to Game 3 for Game 4. I question myself. I question that. But honestly, the blame game, you could be there all day. I mean, the starting lineup, Lowry, 1 of 6. Struce, 0 for 7. Bam, 3 of 5. Come on now. Jimmy Butler, 3 for 14. P.J. Tucker, 0 for 4. Zero points. I mean, you can you can really, really just go. It's just, who do you blame? The entire team. The entire team sucked. Like, it was a bullshit performance. It was an embarrassing performance. And if the the whole thing was not caring about this game, then Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry shouldn't have even played this fucking game. Jimmy Butler with the knee inflammation, Kyle Lowry coming back from the hamstring injury, both are older guys. If the plan was I don't care about this game, well, I think they managed it completely poorly. Because before then, I was thinking to myself, Once Jimmy Butler was down with the knee inflammation, and I talked about this with a couple guys, I'm like, man, you know, I'm expecting Boston to come out hungry and win. Why not rest Kyle and Jimmy, right, expecting Boston's going to win regardless, not put these Game 4 miles on them, and have them back for Game 5 at home? Why do you say that? Hey, 2-2 series, you got Game 5 and Game 7 on your home floor. Best two out of three series. Two of those games are at home. I like our chances. Like, if you believe in the Heat, like I do, I like your chances there. So that's what I I was going to go by that. But we all know that Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra, and the Miami Heat way, that's just not going to cut it. So that was not the case. Instead, Kyle plays and Jimmy plays. We get smacked anyway. Jimmy plays 27 minutes. Kyle plays 21 minutes. Not too much, but still. Could have risked something. You put miles on them, there you have it. Getting smacked by 20 in Boston. Tatum, 31 points. Jalen Brown, only 12 points. He struggled. He was 5 for 20. He was still scared of Oladipo. Only bright spot for the Heat, by the way, Oladipo. 4 for 7 from 3, six, 7 for 16 from the field, 23 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench. He looked awesome. Listen, I felt like he needed to see him, like, lock up defensively and move laterally like that for him to get that confidence back. Boy, he looks good. And we're going to need him here tonight for Game 5, definitely. So that leads me to where we are tonight. It's a 2-2 series, Game 5 here in Miami. What is going to happen? How do I feel? You've got how I felt game to game. I gave you guys exactly how I felt game to game. Game three confident as ever no one's fucking with us then game four happened it's a shot in the heart but 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 i'm saying this with caution you got a game five at home tonight you got game seven if necessary at home as well by us winning that game i don't want to take away from that but by us winning that big game three on the road That set us up to how I feel right now. And uh, quite frankly, I still got our boys. I got the heat in seven. Remember, I said heat in five, if not five, seven. Obviously, five is out the window. I got the heat in seven. I still believe in these boys. I still believe with the home court advantage that we have here tonight and in game seven, if necessary, I think that is what's going to get us to where we need to get to, and that's the NBA Finals. But what needs to happen? What needs to happen? First of all, Tyler Hero, his status. I'm not sure of his status. I'm pretty sure it's going to be questionable leading up to the game. I hope he plays. We're going to need him. I think he will play, honestly. That groin injury, though, really tricky really tricky. If he doesn't play, I still like our chances nonetheless, quite frankly, because of what uh, Victor Oladipo was able to give you in Game 4. I think he can definitely capitalize on that, especially at home. Remember, role players play better at home. Duncan Robinson, he was 4 for 8 from 3. All right, A lot of garbage time action, but 4 for 8 from 3 from a guy that has not seen the ball go through the net, I think it's big time. If he does get minutes, we're going to need everybody. I would love to see Duncan Robinson get minutes. He stresses me the hell out on defense, don't get me wrong. But I just think there's value having a shooter out there, especially in a playoff game, especially late in the season, like an Eastern Conference playoffs. Max Struess didn't give you nothing before. 0 for 7 from the field? At least Duncan gave you four threes. I think there's value there, playing Struess and Duncan Robinson, not together, by the way. But throughout the game, like having those big time shooters, I think there's a, there's a place for Duncan Robinson, regardless if Tyler Hero plays or not. I don't think it should just be because Tyler Hero's out, Duncan gets minutes. But listen, Spo is going to do what Spo is going to do. And who am I to question him, right? But talk about the big guys. What needs to happen, okay? Jimmy Butler has to be Jimmy Butler. I mean, we have tried to get cute about this, okay? We've tried to say, let's have a, a nice truce game. Let's have Hero come back to being six-man Hero. Let's have Lowry, you know, live up to that contract. Let's have, even let's have Bam. Let's have Bam be the guy. Is it reliable? No. You know what is reliable? Jimmy fucking Butler being aggressive. We're going to need aggressive Jimmy and we're gonna need aggressive Jimmy not only tonight for the rest of this series like this is the way it has to be this is the way it's gonna go down and this is the way it has to go down Jimmy Butler doing it all the media talking shit that hey, you know Jimmy needs help listen it starts with him we're gonna need all of his points tonight so if it takes 40 if it takes 30 I think the minimum has to be 30. I think we need at least a 30-point performance from Jimmy Butler. I need him doing it all tonight. I think we're going to need it for the rest of this series in order to advance. So it starts with him, and I think he will deliver. I mean, I'm not doubting Jimmy Butler, especially at home. I mean, we saw what he's done throughout this entire playoffs. Second, Bam out of bio. It has to be him. We've seen you do it before. There's no excuse now. You can say, okay, Robert Williams is back. He struggles against Robert Williams. Listen, stop that, man. Robert Williams is not even 100% healthy. There should be no reason why you don't even attack Robert Williams. And guess what? If he does play, Robert Williams ain't playing more than about 20 minutes or so. I saw Robert Williams come out that game, and Bam was still passive. So if you want to be scared of Robert Williams, then attack when he's not there. Not not at all. I mean six shot attempts? We can't have that. Bam Adebayo has to shoot the ball. Get aggressive, post up, have the confidence. If those two do that and you you get something from a Struce or Duncan, I love love our chances instead of like I love our chances for game 5 tonight. So it starts with them too. I think P.J. Tucker will deliver. It's a home game. Role players play better at home, like I said. I think Kyle Lowry will be Kyle Lowry. I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be good. I don't know about making shots necessarily, but I do like what Kyle Lowry is going to provide tonight. I have a good feeling he's going to be able to set the tempo, push the break, just like he did in Game 3. I'm not worried about Lowry as much tonight, even though I know a lot of people are. My concerns starts with those two up top think our big guys got to be big guys, and then we need a little bit of help from three. Three balls falling is always a good, good recipe to winning these games, especially at home. If you can get hot and not miss, that would be big time. Jason Tatum now. Jason Tatum. I think he's going to get his. Like, the fact that we limited him to 10 points, I think that was unbelievable. Jason Tatum is too damn skilled to stop completely. So, to me, it is what it is. Marcus Smart, is he going to play? I guess I will find out about that. But the guy I really, really want to key in on is Jalen Brown. You cannot let Jalen Brown beat you. Jalen Brown struggles putting the ball on the floor. He literally hunts for a mismatch. He's seeking Tyler Hero, seeking Struess, Duncan Robinson. Then he attacks. They need to put pressure on Jalen Brown early. That he struggled in Game 4 because of that. Kyle Lowry was in his face. Oladipo was in his face. Stay in his face because once he has to put the ball on the floor and he senses pressure, he loses that ball all the time. His handles are weak. We saw the seven turnovers in Game 3. Pressure, Jalen Brown, he does not like it. That's another key to stopping Boston. When Oladipo comes in, he has the confidence guard in him. Stick him on him. Jalen Brown don't want none of that smoke. He cannot dribble. His handles are weak, and he literally, pay attention, he struggles once he drives. Once he has to put that ball on the floor, and it's not on a mismatch, and you're pressing him up tight on ball defense, he can't dribble the ball for shit. Okay? So pressure Jalen Brown. Tatum's going to do Tatum things. Take Jalen Brown out the game, especially on the defensive end. You got this. Victory not only tonight, but the rest of the series. That's my key for the rest of the series. Pressure Jalen Brown. Don't wait until he gets hot. Pressure him from the start, just like we did in game four. Take him out of the game. And obviously, we did a game four and we still got smacked, but I really, really like that recipe right there. If you can just limit Jalen Brown from having these big, big games, you do what you got to do on the offensive end, the rest will come to play. So, like I said, game five tonight, big game at home. 2-2 series. I got the Heat tonight. I got the Heat, unfortunately, losing in Game 6 in Boston, coming back home for Game 7, and winning in Game 7. Now, the next time I talk to you guys, hopefully, hopefully, I speak that into existence, and our Miami Heat are going to the NBA Finals, taking on the Golden State Warriors. Just like I predicted, I've uh, predicted this for quite some time. I think that will be the case. Hopefully, I'm right. Listen, we got no choice But to have faith in these boys, all right? It's been a tough, tough two losses that we have witnessed, two blowouts. But the series ain't over. It's two apiece. Best two out of three now at this point. You got to root on for the Heat. You got to believe in the Heat. You got to trust in Spo, Trust in everybody. Trust in Jimmy. Because, man, we got no choice. So, hopefully we take care of business tonight. We'll see how that goes. And hopefully next time I'm talking to you guys, it's with the Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals. But let's talk about, real quick, before we wrap up this episode, let's talk about the Western Conference Finals quickly. So the Western Conference Finals, right now at this point, at the time you're listening to this, it might be over. I'm recording this right before Game 4 where the Warriors are actually up 3-0 against the Dallas Mavericks. And listen, Golden State is on a tear. I mean, boy, do they look scary. Steph Curry looks great. Jordan Poole looks great. Klay Thompson looks okay. He has some glimpses, okay, where he's back to Klay Thompson. And I said he was going to be the X Factor. I think he's been pretty good, pretty solid. Okay, Draymond Green doing Draymond Green things. He continues to do what he's done. And how about Kavon Looney? I mean, <laughs> Kavon Looney is just like the ultimate Golden State Warrior where he just knows the right place to be at the right time. He gives you that solid performance. He can get you 10-10 and 10 with his eyes closed, set screens, pass the ball, and play basketball the right way. I mean, man, everything looks great for Golden State. I mean, taking a 3-0 lead, possibly sweeping. Like I said, the time you're recording this, I, I'm predicting sweeps. So the series might be over and the Golden State Warriors. If not winning Game 4, then definitely Game 5 in Golden State. Punching their ticket to the NBA Finals yet again. I mean, man, Clay, Draymond, and Steph Curry going to the finals again, that does not get old. That is crazy. (laughs) I mean, hey, they were doubted too. Remember, when they lost these people, they were like, oh yeah, the dynasty's over, Golden State's never getting back to the finals, and look at them now. Man, that's a well-coached team, and that championship experience that they those boys have, that shit is real. Because they play, they carry that on their shoulders. You can see the way they play; like they have that ultimate confidence. They never look rattled when they're down in games, whether you know, never look rattled in a series. Like they just seem so calm and collective, and know exactly how each other plays, where to be at the right time. Everything looks amazing in Golden State now. That's gonna be a scary, scary team to play if we play him in the NBA Finals. But, man, scary, scary team. Now, Luka Doncic, though, he's had a a nice, nice series. Okay, well, Game 1 was a struggle. He had 20 points only. But Games 2 and 3, 42 in Game 3. No, 42 in Game 2 and 40 points, 11 rebounds in Game 3, but still down 3-0 in the series. So I feel bad for Luka Doncic. But man, he's made a hell of a run, first of all, in these entire playoffs to get his team to the Western Conference Finals. And this is what I was talking about. Like, Luka Doncic is going to have to feel like these type of things, these kind of heartbreaks, you know, almost getting to the NBA Finals and falling short. This is what's going to make Luka tap into that next level stuff that I talked about on last week's podcast. And I really think, you know, you, I see the frustration in him. Like, he really wants to win these games. And the fact that, you know, they're not getting over the hump to win any games here, I think that ha- that already is leaving a bad taste in Luka's mouth. So I, I expect Luka to have an amazing offseason and come back even better and maybe get that MVP that everybody says that he can get whenever he wants to put in the work in the off season and do so. But just wanted to touch on Golden State there because, boy, they look freaking good. I would love to do a preview, but I don't want to— Jump ahead of the gun, but hey, hopefully, our Heat do win and we do play the Golden State Warriors because man, that'll be a fun ass series. Don't get me wrong, but honestly, if we do play them, I do love our matchup against them. I'm not gonna lie, like, they're a tough team, they're a scary team to me. They're the best team in the NBA currently. Um, you know, between them and the Suns, I always thought they were the two best teams throughout the season. Uh, I gave the I flip-flopped between both of those two throughout throughout the season because, you know, there were some times where the Warriors looked like they struggled and Phoenix looked really good until the playoffs. I like how we match up personally against Golden State. You know, why do I say that? First of all, Steph Curry's a god, okay? Steph Curry is gonna be Steph Curry. You can't stop that man. All you can do is tire him out, make it harder for him. That's the way. Okay? So Kyle Lowry, if he's healthy. You got li- I like Kyle Lowry being on Steph Curry, all right? He's guarded Steph Curry before. He's played him in the NBA Finals. He's actually had pretty good success against Steph Curry. I like my chances there. Do I expect Kyle Lowry to shut him down? Absolutely not. But I expect Kyle to make it hard for him. Now, Klay Thompson. Now, Klay Thompson can get hot, but he hasn't got hot throughout, since he's came back. He's also lost a step defensively. He's not the same Klay Thompson of old. I think he can get there, but I don't think he has enough time to get there just yet. All right? It's a quick turnaround here. I don't know. However, we have Max Struess, who can pretty much keep up with him defensively. And he could probably match him in scoring if he can get hot as well. Like, Klay Thompson has not been as elite of a sniper like he was before the injury. Now, me saying that might change things. Now, Klay Thompson might, <laughs> might have a crazy NBA Finals here. But if it's not Struess, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can get on Klay Thompson. He can can't, he can he also lock him up, right? Then who do you who do you go to next? Draymond Green? Hey, I like the matchup right there. P.J. Tucker, Draymond Green. I think they cancel each other out. Who else worries you in Golden State? Jordan Poole coming off the bench? We got Tyler Hero coming off the bench. You can argue that both can cancel each other out and do the same things. What does that leave you with? Bam out of bio, right? Who does Bam have to stop? Kavon Looney? I mean, Looney's been great, but hey— Bam Adebayo is way, way better. So Bam Adebayo is basically going to have a field day out there, just being greedy, getting in the passing lanes, and also doing what he needs to do and what he should be doing on the offensive end because he's got to be able to attack against a mismatch, and he can also, like I said, be greedy on the defensive end. All of those matchups right there, that's why I don't fear Golden State. I think they're the best team, but when it comes to us matching up against them— I love the heat in that matchup. But hey, we still got to take care of business at the end of the day. Game five tonight, heat in seven is my prediction. We still got to take care of business before we dive into that. But I just wanted to let you know that if we do end up winning, I love our chances going all the way. I think the hard part is going to be beating this Boston team that is in front of us right now. But we'll see how it goes. Game five here tonight. And let's get a damn win, baby. All right, so that's a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in here today. Thank you so much for your continued support. Miami Heat game day here tonight. Don't forget to keep it locked in. Shout out to the Miami Marlins, continuing to play hard, by the way. Got to show them some love. All right, I've been watching from afar, keeping them close. Sandy has been pitching great. Pablo Lopez has been pitching great as well. Shout out to the Florida Panthers, even though they went down. They still had a great season and getting past the first round for the first time since 96 is something that we can't sleep on here on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. So I'm definitely gonna give them their flowers, give them their shout out there. Uh, as far as the Dolphins, hey, Dolphins doing big things. Tyreek Hill speaking highly of Tua. Tua looks great. I've been watching a lot of clips, keeping it locked in. Always Miami Dolphins all damn day, every day, so don't get it twisted. The schedule did come out. Those of you guys who've been reaching out to me about schedule predictions. We will have that. I um, am going to have a guest for that. We did it last year with Big E. That was a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing a schedule prediction going by each and every game of the NFL season for the Dolphins, predicting wins and losses. That's always fun. So we definitely will do that. We have Dolphins Talk coming here for you guys. It's just that the Eastern Conference Finals with the Miami Heat, especially this entire playoff run, has been occupying so much of my time and focus that we just need to give the Heat their own podcast. But once the Heat win the NBA Finals and become champions, best believe we got a lot of Dolphins talk for you guys here today. But guys, thank you so much for the support that you've been giving me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. And thank you for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz.